Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in Warren County, New Jersey. And welcome, welcome. It's great to be here with you. And as you know, we get together every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m., exclusively on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, for this guy to, to come into your farm shop and talk with you, right? And if you end up missing an episode, don't worry about it. Just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and the next week it will be posted as a podcast in its entirety. And if you need to reach out to me, my email address is hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. And I'd appreciate if you would give me some more pins in my map so I know where you're listening from. And I could also put you into the contest for a hot rod farmer license plate. So I'm going to need to have to order some more of those. But what I want to do is I want to talk to you about it to correct something. I misspoke in last week's episode about combine service tips. When I said to check the ground circuit, I knew what I wanted to say. My mind knew what I wanted to say, but my mouth said something different, which is not uncommon with this guy from Jersey and I was saying two tenths of an ohm on a ground circuit I meant two tenths of a volt to properly check a ground circuit you need to do a voltage drop test and what you're actually reading is the backlog of electrons an ohm meter is an improper way to check a ground circuit you need to do a voltage drop test it's very very simple what you do is you put the voltmeter positive lead on the ground that you want to check you put the voltmeter uh, negative lead to a good to the battery negative and then you must turn on the circuit you must evoke the circuit and turn it on and then you will get a voltage reading ideally it should be less than 0.2 so 0.2 you want 0.0 with less than two tenths of a volt if you have two tenths of a volt on that ground circuit or more it is a high impedance ground so i i apologize for that i said i misspoke but listen today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to break in the suspension on a half ton pickup truck and if you never did that before then you're going to have to pay attention but we're going to get that right after the break and never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. It's more than fuel. It's more than truck payment. It's more than maintenance. It's about the business of trucking. We're talking a little bit about stock prices. Then we switch into uh, tech talk. Highway reconstruction, infrastructure. The economy, regulation, business, and more. We tend to switch topics a lot. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Covering the entire trucking industry. Do be advised. Sirius XM Channel 146. The Sirius XM app and connected devices and speakers. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me as we cover the nation's food system, from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. It's the Ranch It Up Radio Show. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart, the boss lady Beck, and my crew as we bring you all the headlines that are making news in cow country. Kirk has more than just the numbers this episode. We discuss planning for a profit, plus sale barn and sale reports. 
It's all this Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi, this is Red Stegall. I want you to join me every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock Eastern, and together we'll explore the life of the American cowboy through his poetry and his music on Cowboy Corner Collections. These are shows that we've recorded and aired over the past two decades, including the music and poetry of our friends as well as myself and the boys in the bunkhouse. With stories by America's great storytellers, join me as we ride through the West on Cowboy Corner Collections, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, a guy from Jersey, right? The hot rod farmer. And um, as I said before the break, that we're going to be discussing the need to properly break in the suspension on a, the rear suspension on a one half ton pickup truck. And as I was saying, you know, before that, you probably never heard that term. And it's not a term that's bantered around much. But there's a couple of things on a vehicle that are very very hard to calibrate and the first thing that is very hard to calibrate is today is a manual transmission in any type of vehicle that must pass a mission strategy and fuel economy but specifically a mission strategy because what happens and that's what is a lack of manual transmissions today it's not and that's also causing people not to know how to drive it but the idea is that the the calibration issue is what is taking the manual transmissions off the market. And even if you look at a performance car, like a Corvette and Mustang still has a manual and a lot of the, uh, like a Porsche or something, they use these dual clutch transmissions, which are really not a manual transmission. It's a uh, automatic transmission that shifts by itself and uh, gives you the opportunity to also shift it, but without a clutch pedal. And what happens is that, as an aside, why is an, a manual transmission so hard to calibrate? Because the throttle is constantly opening and closing. So you step on the throttle, that's transient operation, and then you release it to shift it, and you step on the throttle again. And what will happen is that the emission spike... I won't get into that all in every detail right now, but the emissions spike because the throttle is being opened and closed. The, acceler- the engine is accelerating, and then it's deaccelerating, whereas you have an automatic transmission or a dual-clutch transmission is that your throttle angle is staying constant, and uh, so you don't have that transient throttle. So a, a manual transmission is very hard to calibrate. Any engine that has to operate in transient states, not a steady state engine, like a, a, a small engine on a lawnmower or a seat tender, a pressure washer, that is designed, the carburetor, the intake manifold, the camshaft, the valve train, to run at 3,600 RPM. If you take an engine in a farm tractor, a truck, a road vehicle, it's it has to operate at many different RPM and load, so it's transient operation. That is also very hard to calibrate because you need it to get, to run perfectly in every operating state. Just like you go across your field, you don't just want the high yield in this section, you want your high high yield across the whole field. So it's the same thing as when, you, when you're calibrating an engine, is that you need it to run properly in every aspect of its, its potential RPM and load state. And then the third thing that is extremely hard to calibrate, and I'd say it's probably even harder to calibrate than the first two I discussed, 
is the suspension on a half-ton pickup truck. Any pickup truck, but specifically a half-ton pickup truck. And now on the first two examples I gave you when I spoke about calibration, that meant the ignition timing, the fuel delivery for the throttle angle and the load. Obviously, we're not talking about that on the suspension because the suspension is basically all mechanical. It's bushings, it's shock absorbers, and it's springs. And for the most part, on a half-ton pickup truck other than the Ram, is that the springs are carriage, or what we would call years ago leaf springs or carriage springs. So why is that so hard to calibrate? Well, a number of things come into play. First of all, as an engineer you have to look at the potential use of whatever it may be, whether it's a cell phone or whether it's a combine, whether it's a car or whether it's a hairdryer. So you have to look at at its intended use. So it's intended use and its potential use. Even though I said potential first, it's really intended use. So you could say to yourself, well, okay, the person is going to use this. Its intended use is to dry their hair, but they also may use it to to defrost ice out of a freezer, all right, as a heat gun. But you have to design for the intended use, but you have to keep in the back of your mind the potential use. And because that's in today's litigious society, that's when they get sued. It's with the, well, the guy used it to, to, uh, to defrost his refrigerator and his freezer, and then the water dripped in it, and he got a shock and he got electrocuted or whatever, making something up. And that's the problem that we have today. People, it's never the person who's using its fault, right? So it's it's always the you know the gun manufacturer's fault and the bullet manufacturer, and it's the the car manufacturer's fault that you went off the cliff. I mean, so it's never 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 anybody's. It's always the other guy's fault, right? Never my fault. But when it comes to the rear suspension on a half-ton pickup truck, is that the spring rates and the bushings, but specifically the spring rates, have to accommodate a large range of loads so it's very transient now then again let's talk about that intended use the way the vehicle market has morphed and i'm going to use the word morphed because years ago when i was a kid and i'm not that old that the pickup truck was the domain of a farmer a plumber a contractor some sort of some sort of person a a service provider of some sense it wasn't <clears throat> excuse me it wasn't it wasn't being used as a car yes it could be used as a car as a car if the person only had that one vehicle but it wasn't purchased as a car and if you look at the pickup truck market take the half ton pickup truck market the majority of pickup trucks are bought with the intended use as a car and if we want and if we have to throw something in the bed we have the bed to use to carry something home from town or what have you and then also the majority of the people that buy pickup trucks today half ton pickup trucks are not living in an environment where they truly need a truck they're living in a subdivision someplace and if you're listening to that and that happens to be you it's no personal attack on you all right but originally the intended use of a pickup truck was to go on the field and you know go 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 fuel up the tractor or bring seed to the planter or a, a, a forestry guy going up and going out in the woods or a cattleman or something or a construction guy in a job site it wasn't meant to be lottie dying around to the shopping malls but that's how, how they're being used so now you have this dual purpose vehicle 
and you have these spring rates and this cal and what we mean by the calibration of the spring is that it's it's um it's uh <clears throat> i don't want to say the let's say the spring pressure the spring pressure versus amount of deflection of the spring and how it responds that'll be the easiest way for me to say it and not be too verbose here so just like the transient engine but it's extremely on oh my crickets back it's extremely hard for you to get a spring that's going to be able to take 3500 pounds in the bed of the truck and carry that safely down the road and also ride smoothly and safely with what we call axle tramp jumping up and down and twisting over bumps when it's unloaded so that is where the real magic comes and there's so much engineering that goes into the spring rates and it's a combination of the spring rate and the bushings and the shock absorbers but the majority of the of the tuning is in with the spring rate so now you say well we can't have this pickup truck where it, it shakes your teeth out driving empty going to town but when you go to town and you want to put four thousand pounds of fertilizer and it has to be able to take that and not drag the bumper on the ground all right so at that and it has to take it safely so that is the spring calibration and i have to say that as far as ford is concerned general motors and uh so general motors which is chevy and gmc they have done a spectacular job on their half ton pickup trucks calibrating the rear suspension to give an acceptable ride quality unladen means unloaded to give an acceptable ride quality with a partial load and then get it to give an acceptable performance ride quality and load carrying capability at the it beyond their rated capacity because every pickup truck is every pickup truck designer knows that it's going to be loaded way beyond its capacity and with an engineering no matter what it is you put a threshold in so even like with an engine if you say okay fine that uh you know we're going to set the rev limiter at 6500 then well, the, the the safety of the engine is 6500 well we're going to set the rev limiter a little bit below that because you know the people are going to try to take it up to that so maybe it's like an inverse of what i just said to you but you always have to give yourself a threshold and every pickup truck is known is it's, it's a known fact it's going to be way 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 overloaded for at least a few times in its life and depending upon its purchaser maybe overloaded every day or a couple of times a week so now we have these springs that have to be very i'm going to use the word elastic they have to serve many different masters and they have to serve them by <clears throat> with a minimum of compromise and if you look at anything in engineering and it's and it makes no difference and it's same thing as in farming is that you need to limit your compromises so you say well i want to plant this hybrid i'm going to plant it at this population if i plant it at this population all right it's a flex ear so my ear is going to be smaller but if i if i calculate it out properly i could still get more bushels per acre on this corn crop because even though it's flex and it's shrinking a little bit but i have a higher density of population per field so using that as an example so it's always this balancing act in life and uh and in, unless it's something that's dedicated for one purpose only and i always like to say a drag engine because even if you're not a drag racer because all that thing has to do is run for a few seconds go to a to b and it's going to only have to travel 1320 feet 
and that's it that's its whole life 1320 feet like a fucking like a you know like a, a bull rider eight seconds right eight seconds you gotta stand there for, that's all you don't have to stand there for nine seconds ten seconds seven seconds is too short eight seconds so with the spring rate it's very very hard so now what happens is that they design these springs and they test the vehicle and they send it out into the market. Now, you, the, the average person, now even if you're a farmer or a rancher and you're buying a, a, a half-ton pickup truck for your wife to use or for you to use, well, let's say you're a seed salesman and you really just, I mean, you really don't even need a half-ton pickup truck. For, you're riding around with a catalog, but whatever, I guess it looks cool to pull up with a half-ton pickup truck. I don't know. Well, like I said, it sounds like I'm being judgmental, but I'm not. The thing is that what happens is that um, that those springs, unless that truck is fully loaded, a couple of times, those springs have never gone full deflection. So what will happen is those springs will never have the resiliency and the give. And just like you would say with soil, the tilt of a soil, well, I'm going to say the tilt of the spring, which is an improper analogy, but it's something that my audience being people in agriculture could understand. You could look at a soil test and you're not going to be able to truly tell the tilt of a soil by the soil test. You have to get out there and feel it in your hands or stick a, a probe in it or or a knife in it or do something and get the idea of what that soil is feeling like and how it's going to respond because the numbers don't tell you everything. Well, what will happen is that when you have this spring in this unloaded pickup truck, and I don't care whether you have 200,000 miles on it, if you never exercise those springs in the beginning and almost set its full travel of resolution, so just like you would say with a person, if you, you like a few years back on the farm, I hurt my shoulder, and they said it was the rotator cuff or cup, whatever they call it, and the thing is that, and I lost my range of motion. I had to work to get my range of motion back. I couldn't lift my head way, my head, my hand way up over my head. All right, so you need to set the range of motion on these springs of the pickup truck, the rear springs, and it's very simple to do. And what I do is I, uh, well, first of all, my truck is always was loaded right from day one. So I have an, an older Ford Ranger, and right from day one, it was a farm truck. That thing put 2,000 pounds on it and came back to the farm. I don't think it had 1,000 miles. And subsequently, everybody who gets in that truck says, I can't believe how great this truck rides. I can't believe how great this truck rides. And then also, over the years, I've gotten press vehicles, which are half-ton pickup trucks, always loaded to the max, right? Not a really a farm truck, a $90,000 pickup truck. And I used it to go get my fertilizer. So what I end up doing is I put these totes in with liquid fertilizer, go down to Maryland, to the mill. So how do you break in your springs? Very simply, you need to put a substantial load 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 pounds, not 300 pounds in the bed of the truck. You need to secure it properly, and you need to drive the truck, and you need to drive the truck over over a couple of days with this load in it. I sometimes will use a 275-gallon tote and put water in it and ride around with that, and what it will do is that, but you need to have different, you need to have different environments so the spring goes up and down back and forth and 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 really works you can't just say well i put the tote in it and i went to town three miles and turned around and came back so what you want to do is put a few hundred miles on the vehicle in all different driving dynamics you could put more miles on if you want the thing is that so you put the load in there whether the load is a tote with water in it whether the load is a pallet with
put seed bags in it or cement bags, whatever is easiest for you and doesn't cost you anything, all right? So if you're a seed dealer, you put a pallet of seed in there, you secure it and you ride around for four or five days with it or a pallet of bricks or whatever you may happen to be. And what this will allow the, the, the springs to do is to go full deflection up and down as you're going down the road and you will actually limber up those springs. And once you limber up those springs, that truck is going to ride better unloaded, it's going to ride better partially loaded, and it's going to ride better loaded because just like you gave it a full range of motion, and instead of instead of just taking the spring and having it move, I'm going to say arguably five degrees in its arc of rotation, you're taking this sucker and you're making it bend all the way down, it's going down the road, the body is lifting, the wheel is going up and down, and you're breaking that spring and you're not breaking it, you're breaking it, it'll last longer, and the truck will ride like you will not believe and there's no age limit to this so if you have an older truck you have a hundred thousand miles and it your wife has been using it and the and the and the uh the most weight it's had in the back was a bicycle then you do the same thing and it'll respond exactly the same and you'll be surprised on how great it will ride Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very special show. Country music history comes alive with stars, songs, and stories. You know, we're blessed with great stars here on our show tonight. The face and voice of country music on TV and radio. Having a good time? This is going to be fun. Country Music Hall of Fame member Ralph Emery. Sunday right here on America's only agribusiness and western lifestyle network, Rural Radio. There's more to come here on the Ralph Emery Show. Hey folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with hosts Don Dawson, Ernie Rodina, and me, Ron McDaniel. Along with our KSU vet tip, we'll have Lee Hart, wildcard contestant for The Road to the Horse, followed by a visit with Dan James of Double Dan Horsemanship. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday or Thursday evenings right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. Stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with American Ag Today every weekday morning on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and I want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news, market information, ag technology, innovation, weather, and more on American Ag Today. That's every weekday at 6.52 Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi everybody, this is Marty Stewart. Join me as I travel coast to coast, city to city, exploring America through his sounds and stories on Marty Stewart's American Odyssey. Then stick around for the Marty Stewart Show, bringing the brightest stars and the best music straight into your home with the help of my fabulous superlatives. It all starts Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, right here on Rural Radio. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, and I just want to uh, emphasize something: is that the re, you know what I spoke about breaking in the springs that works on a half ton 
three-quarter ton and a one-ton pickup truck. But why I emphasize the half-ton is that historically, those are the vehicles that are used the most like cars and never get full deflection of the springs because the back is the, the bed is not loaded. Most people who buy a half, a three-quarter ton pickup truck or a one-ton pickup truck loaded right from the get-go off the car carrier and use it as a work vehicle. But now there are people who ride around in a, in a three-quarter ton pickup truck and never loaded it and don't and, and hardly ever put any weight in it and then that would hold true also but i picked on the half ton vehicles because of their car-like use and as i said you know there's the intended use and there's the probable use and they have to design for both all right because you can't have it where it can't take the load and you can't have it where it's going to jar your teeth out and the axle is going to bounce around all over every rough rough road or washboard service but now it's going to be time to get with me in the farm shop but we have to bring in tex rubinowitz because he's the hot rod man from ripsaw records come on in buddy All right, Tex, thank you so, so much. And what we're going to be talking about today, and meet me in the farm shop, so come on, sit down, take a load off, and uh, give me a couple more minutes, and we could be, what we're talking about is that coolant wears out more in the heat. Now, it's engine coolant, a lot of people call it antifreeze, but what we have to recognize is that the coolant actually wears more. You say, wears out, how does coolant wear out? Well, Give me a couple, about a minute or two, and you will understand. Most are concerned with checking the chemical composition of engine coolant as the cold weather approaches, but not the pending hot days of summer or even now the pending hot days of harvest. Engine coolant is a mixture of glycols, additives, along with deionized and distilled water. Engine operation during high ambient temperature is when the coolant degrades the most since the necessary additive package becomes consumed at a higher rate. Once the additives become negated, the engine in your farm machinery or truck or car becomes susceptible to cylinder line of cavitation erosion, electrolysis, and to a lesser degree, corrosion. In addition, gaskets and seals that interface with the coolant are compromised. Make sure you check the level of additives with a test strip and treat as required before you head out into the field so that heating and cool but that boiling of the coolant in the cylinder it's called nucleate boiling so when you put an engine under load and that's so and this is not where you see it on the liquid temperature you may not see it if you have a cylinder head temperature gauge but around the exhaust valve and is when that coolant boils and that's how it removes the heat that is the proper chemical way for the coolant to remove heat it's called nucleate boiling and that, that boiling and recondensing of the coolant consumes the additive package. So the coolant actually works the hardest in the hot weather because not only are you putting heat into the coolant, 
through the cylinder head, but the ambient temperature is much higher. So when you're going into harvest or going anytime, but most people, they don't worry about the coolant. They're going into warm weather. They worry about the coolant when it is, it is getting to be cold out there or it's the potential of being cold. It's important, just as important in the hot weather and when you're going to really work that engine. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed, blessed day and load that bed, baby, and that pickup truck. Get those springs to have a range of motion. You'll love it. Bye-bye. Welcome to Bushels and Scents from Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. There are many small engines that are essential workers on a farm. They may be tiny, but one that does not run can bring your operation to its knees. Often, a scenario like this plays out. The engine starts cold and runs fine. You shut it off for a few minutes and then it will not restart. An hour or so later it runs again. Though a few different issues can present this way, try this simple test. Loosen the gas cap. A plugged vent may be the problem. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com where steel and soil meet. Hi, I'm Ty Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. From taking a deep dive into the volatile markets to sharing compelling stories that capture the heart of rural America, as well as custom commentary from John Phipps. We cover it all every weekend right here on Channel 147 on Sirius XM. U.S. Farm Report, a timely, trusted tradition. Farmers know that conditions can change quickly and shifts in the market or in policy can have a big impact. I'm Chip Flory, and every weekday on AgriTalk, we tackle the day's news with a panel of experts and lawmakers at the forefront of the issues. We connect producers with consumers, and we connect you with the information that you need. If it's related to ag, we're talking about it on AgriTalk, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on Rural Radio 147 and on the